You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. It's the new series from HBO Max, Tokyo Vice. Eight episodes which just wrapped up this last week. This is the Screener Squad. I am Trevor, and uh, with me, just to help us parse this out on the panel today, we have Matt. Hey. And Elliot. Hello, hello. Tokyo Vice is the allegedly true story of an American who works as a journalist for a Japanese-language newspaper in Japan against many odds, allegedly over the course course of some time he makes some connections within the yakuza and a lot of introductions are made here i don't know that it necessarily goes anywhere but that's kind of part of where i'm going this was produced by michael mann the pilot was directed by michael mann i really liked the pilot and a lot of this is really in my lane i was a crime journalist for a while so this kind of hits home for me yakuza japanese culture always cool we're right in the heart of tokyo it's a great setting michael mann is directing the pilot but this was kind of a uh a series of diminishing returns for me, but uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Elliot, how did this leave you overall? Um, yeah, you know, um, I think kind of echoing what you said, it starts off pretty strong um, with the with, uh, opening episode by Michael Mann, and it just kind of never uh, retains that, that uh, heightened thrill of the first episode. Yeah, big samesies. I thought this opened big, good setup, and then it just sort of ran out of gas in the last act. Well, actually, in the penultimate act, and then the final episode, it was like somebody went around, looked up, and went, holy shit, we got a deadline coming. <laughs> we better cram three fights and a car chase in here, stat. I think a lot of this is cool. I think the setup is cool. I think a lot of the characters are cool, and I think a lot of the performances are, are pretty good, too. Um, I do have to say Ansel Elgort is our lead here. That's Dutch for Woodblock McSaltine. <laughs> <laughs> Who I actually, I just watched uh, West Side Story the other day, and he was a major kind of stumbling block for me on that. I has also recently been accused of sexual assault and sexual harassment by a couple of different people. We, of course, would invite our listeners to inform themselves on that and figure out their own buy-in here. But I think there was just, I had to hit a wall here where I'm like, well, maybe I just don't like Ansel Elgort. Maybe I don't like this guy. And as it turns out, I don't think I like the character he's playing either. I don't know that I'm a big fan of this Jake Adelstein character, who is a guy who really did this. He worked for a Japanese language newspaper in Japan, wrote a book about it and broke several stories regarding... I, I don't want to get into too much of it because it might be spoiler territory for a future season, but uh, get some pretty inside sleazy scoops on the Yakuza themselves. Uh, he is a figure of some controversy, whereas just last week, things were kind of bubbling up that maybe his story isn't all it's cracked up to be and not quite true or as represented. So this has a lot going against it, and I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt and just see it as a piece of fiction or see it as a, a television show, and it still didn't thrill me. 
there is a lot of act one setup here. We set up lots of threads. We set up a story about suicides as they pertain to uh, predatory loan sharks. We've got Jake Adelstein butting heads with the different departments around his paper. We've got his relationship with his family back home. We have his relationship with a woman from a hostess club. We've got the hostess's relationship with a couple of other women in the club, and she's trying to find her independence. And these are all great threads. They're all great setups, but they none of them go to act two. It seems like we run out of act one and then once we run out, we just pick up a bunch of new threads, which means by the time we get to the last episode, none of this is resolved. And I'm not sure that I'm champing at the bit for a second season. Yeah, same. And they're really sort of, they're already confident in themselves getting a second season because, yeah, I, I would say in a word, this is overstuffed and it ends on a cliffhanger. You know, they're really anticipating making another season and finishing this up, which I think is bold for a show that is this dull. Maybe they can uh, desperately try to cram a second season down into a movie like Woo Assassins. <laughs> but, Is that what um, they did with Woo Assassins? Yeah, and then they didn't name the movie after Woo Assassins, so you have to like coincidentally notice it has the same cast. I I mean, that is the problem here. We have this and and the problem here too is they like they hung the tent on first off like as a as a POV character, he's definitely kind of less interesting than what he's showing us. Like he's a window and he's trying to be scenery. He's also just getting circles acted around him by the rest of the ensemble. Who Ken Watanabe here. I hesitate to mangle his name, but uh, show somebody bail me out. I'm going to go with Kasamatsu. Yeah, yeah. Who is Who plays a younger Yakuza that our hero befriends, who is very physically present and sort of out heartthrobs the heartthrob and is also really doing the sort of Yakuza trope perfectly. His gang boss, uh, Ishida, is played by this guy that he's almost as scary as the real loan shark in Uncut Gems. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a little bit afraid of him and he's fictional. Then the hostess, Samantha, and her, I believe she's Slovenian yeah. friend, Paulina, are also better realized than the main character. And then the other thing is that at some point, the real author is an EP on this, and it gets, frankly, Gary Stewish toward the end. When it starts to come off the rails is when they decide they have to make him an action hero, and he has to have some fights and chases and stuff of his own. I'm just going to call it, this guy has Chris Kyle syndrome. Or like Steven Seagal, this is a guy with real achievements, but they weren't enough for him. So he had to gild the lily a little bit. I would be charitable and say maybe in the closed culture he was investigating, his kind of ovishness allowed him some social forgivability or something. There might be a case where he's not just bullshitting, but... um <laughs> The part in the latter half of the season where he's in fistfights with hardened criminals and getting away with intact and stuff like that. I think he legitimately reported on some real events and he was legitimately the first person to kind of cross over and speak Japanese well enough and, and be integrated enough to get one of these highly coveted cub reporter jobs. And this could have been a really good slice of life thing about him in Japan, or it could have been a really good cops and robbers thing with the, the interplay between Kent Watanabe's character and the, the, the two Yakuza Dons that he's kind of trying to play off one another. The problem here is that the plots just keep banging into each other. The, there's a love triangle with the hostess and Sato and like, 
I'm sorry, but if you say that you were in a love triangle with a guy that is actually an assassin, <laughs> that, that, that definitely really murders people and would murder you, like, you're Gary Stewart yourself. There's a lot in here where I'm like, Jake Adelstein is telling this story about, yeah, and then we went to this really banging club and I was showing this frumpy guy around, one of my old classmates from the Midwest, and we're at this club and we're we're surrounded by drugs and beautiful women and I'm making out with ladies and, and I'm hanging out with this cool Yakuza guy and he bought me the best hooker and we did it all night long. And it's just like, dude, like, how much of this is braggadocio? And so he even set it up so that like, yeah, I banged the hooker, but I didn't know she was a hooker. Someone paid for me and I did the drugs, but I didn't want to. I was undercover. It was a Donnie Brasco situation, you know, and like, I dude, <laughs> you know, and even early on, like, like one of the first things he does first day, he befriends the sort of top cool uh, vice reporter by being able to like pick up white women yeah show me your ways guy jen i want to pick up white ladies. right exactly and and they kind of try and lampshade it at first by having him um the, the reporter brush off uh um jake it definitely reeked of, of that kind of gary's doing and he is an asshole like he doesn't actually maintain his relationship with miyamoto or his relationship with the other detective the uh detective tona like he's he he, he kind of treats a lot of people very badly and maybe it's a setup for growth but i don't know if it is or not there's enough subplots here to almost make another show there's a subplot that paulina the friend of samantha the erstwhile love interest is in a whole separate embroilment with another host club where she goes to blow off steam with a boy host when she's done being a lady host it's just like this is too much that plot actually culminates in contrived action and i was sitting there going this is the part that feels most written it it is timed toward the end of the season when the yakuza courtroom politics are getting to be a big deal and it's like oh this was because he wasn't actually doing anything during this part and so they wrote a subplot for him to have a thing to do and it was inexplicable and the people acted with way less guile subterfuge and style than the other subplots which Granted, they were the idiot himbos from the male host club, so perhaps true. <laughs> but all in all, I think where I am creeping around toward on this is that it would have been so much better just presented as fiction without the author insert. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway, too, is I think the fiction is what was really holding this back. I don't think we even needed really any of the white people here. Um their no. story was the least interesting. I like the economic aspect of Sam, the hostess, wanting to start her own club mm -hmm. and running into the duplicate, triplicate barriers of the Yakuza word of mouth system and old boys network combined with the misogyny combined with the sexism, meaning it was very difficult for her to do. That was an interesting story. The extra stuff with Paulina and the other hosts and the boss at the, at the, boss at the place she worked, that was where this could have been... A whole movie could have been chopped out of this that didn't contribute to the main arc. Two whole episodes easily could have been cut out of this thing. Yeah. Uh, on the pro column, uh, it looks dope. No, like it's, it's it's a good looking movie and or good looking series. And I think the performances are great. But there, there is a lot of fat here. The protagonist discovers something and then he turns around and tells this girl that he likes. And then there's some business that happens with that. But then he has to go around and tell the cop too. And so we go through the same exposition yet again. And then that cop has to explain what's going on from the Japanese perspective back to the white guy. 
and we just, we seem to rehash things a lot here. I really enjoyed the pilot. I thought uh, this character trying to make his way in a Japanese newspaper was very interesting, but I also think there was a weird kind of, this guy is supposed to be so into the culture and he's so hip to the culture and his test scores are all off the charts and he's this amazing uh, cub reporter coming into this newspaper, but he seems like a sore thumb. He, he doesn't understand etiquette or uh, how to use the right Japanese honorific for his editor or... I, Folks, I was an editor once upon a time in my life. If I had a reporter going through a suicide victim's mail, that guy would not be a reporter for me anymore. And it seems like there's a lot of things like that that just don't get addressed, that he's not a very ethical, above-the-board reporter, but he's also it's the series that's trying to say, well, we're doing this because somebody has to go out there and report the truth, and we just have to keep banging on this door. And I'm like, man, I don't know if this is the series that's going to make the impact for that statement. Yeah, for a second there, they stopped and sorkened for about 10 minutes in one episode and thought they were good, you know. My real thought on this, right, like if I had to put money on what happened here, is that in reality, this guy is not as slick as the guy they got to play him. Like he's probably not a six foot four inch Adonis. And he's probably not barging around making it with all these chicks and stuff and locking eyes with this Yakuza Oyabun and telling him, hey, that's a nice watch, man. You know, like we're coming. I'm writing a story about you, Jack. You better pack your shit, you know. In reality, what really happened is this guy was in these rooms. He did see and report on these events, but he did not do all these action hero things that made him central. He reported on them like a normal person. And then he made his bones at the paper, got the write-up, got invited on talk shows, and it grew in the retelling. And now he's like, yeah, it's just based on, fair enough, right? Based on. <laughs> and And I really thought... This would have just been better if he was either totally himself and talked about the real interesting in its own right story of moving to Tokyo, doing a job in a foreign language most people can't do, getting used to a different work culture, and making it an actual drama about his life and times, or if they really just made a hard-boiled Yakuza movie that was Sonatine or Hanabi or something in that lane, but updated a little bit. And they split the difference badly, and it really just comes unraveled eventually. Yeah, it really does feel uneven. Um, I, I completely agree. It can't decide whether it wants to be the wire and be a really sort of grounded portrait of reporting and crime in the city, or yeah, a, a hard-boiled kind of heightened uh, Yakuza film. And I kind of wish it had done the latter, because everything with the former just kind of fell flat on its face for me and obviously like for us it's better tourism to show us like the yakuza social club their system for recruiting people and all that stuff and just when you're like leaning forward when they're doing all that they cut back to jake and jake's just like sulking at the hostess club because he had a he had a bad day dealing with all these criminals and it's like no, you don't get mad at these guys. You don't go go over there and glass Sato-san because you're, you're mad that his tip about a drug bust didn't pan out because he beats people in the street and then when they call the police, nothing happens. <laughs> and you just reported on that, so you definitely know it. Right? So, so if the guy is this big of a clod in real life, maybe he did trade on his friendships that hard and they just rolled their eyes and put up with it, and he thought he was clever when he was actually tolerated. And to me, running that game theory the whole time I'm watching it detracted from it. I would have I would have much rather 
just been told it was fiction, very loosely based on some, you know, like the law and order sort of ripped from the headlines conceit. The case they're investigating is real. And I, I even remember it not quite when it happened, but I, I read about it. You know, I do too. But, but the only reason I know that is because I remember the white reporter was the guy who broke the story. None of that story really unfolds unless you're paying attention during this series. And yeah, and again, again, second half of the seventh episode to the to the end of the eighth episode is when they try to work in the actual stuff that he really made his bones on. It feels like either they're saving, they're anticipating saving their most reality-based stuff for season two, or they just didn't know how to pace what they had. Well, I think that's going to bring us around to our final thoughts. Uh, Elliot, why don't you kick us off? I think I've said most everything. This is, you know, it's just a kind of a fractured, not quite focused series that has, it's bursting at the seams with plots. And a lot of them are interesting, but a lot of them are also quite dull and pretty stereotypical. Um, this does look gorgeous. It's it's another sort of neo-noir with a lot of neon and modern elements going on and i really appreciated that and i really loved all of the stuff when it it's sort of pure yakuza and bosses talking to their soldiers and, and everybody's dressed in cool stuff but then the reporting stuff comes in and it just hits the brakes a lot of the time um matt as you said stuff is explained three four five times over which is is just way too much. It just doesn't make for a very engaging series, unfortunately. But these guys seem to have a lot of confidence that they're going to get a second season. I'm not so confident, and I'm not even sure that I'm going to be there for that second season. I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 tough knuckle bones. Matt, how about you? I landed sort of in the same place. So much is good here. The ensemble is very strong on the whole and even honestly the portrayal of jake when they give him something to do besides run around and go hey what's going on like when he finally has some little breakthroughs with his family and some stuff like that this is i don't even want to call it salvageable because it's better than it's bad you know and purely from an aesthetic standpoint like some of the stuff is just so like i i could watch a slow zoom of three guys sitting at that bar in that host club for for at least five minutes at a time, you know, about five minutes an episode, which is how much of it there is. The The way I would express it is I would give this 6.5 times. It made me just want to turn it off and watch other similar things like Sonatine or Brother or, uh, you know, Black Rain with Michael Douglas or like any beat Takashi movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like there's 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 a bunch of these and you could be watching the OG ones. Where this has its greatest success is pastiche, and where it is weakest is where it tries to insert its author, you know? Like that scene you mentioned where he runs into a high school buddy, and he is being so cool and wearing sunglasses during the day and smoking in public, and he's like, nah, you don't want to go to just some ramen place. I'll take you to a real joint, you know? And they walk in, and it's like this screaming techno club, and the friend is just like, uh, this is rad, but I am scared, you know? <laughs> Okay, I'm changing my... I'm giving it 6.5 times you get your buddy in a knife fight that would definitely not happen in real life. Final offer. 
You know, I was pretty excited for this when we signed up for it. I'm a big sucker for crime thrillers. I'm a big sucker for, like, I, I think true crime has a certain meaning to it these days. But just being into crime history and the history of policing and investigation, detection, things like that. And I spent most of my life, my adult life, as a journalist. So this really should have been in my lane. By episode two, I was checking my watch a little early in the episode. By episode three, I really didn't like the lead character. I want to say by about episode six or seven, I started really nodding along with it. And that's when things really started to happen. But I also hit a point in episode seven where I'm like, they're not going to wrap these stories up. This is not a limited series. This is something that they're going to try and wring a second season out of. And if they're going to do that, I think I'd rather read the book. Well, then I did my digging. And of course, this really in-depth Hollywood Reporter story is now calling the veracity of the book into question. So I don't even know if I want to do that. I just, I dislike the lead. It leans too hard on that one character and I'm just not interested. Uh, it kind of ruins a lot of the good things that this has going with it. At the end of the day, I just don't think the problems of two white people in Tokyo is the most interesting story we can tell, uh, especially in this day and age. We've, we've learned so much. Why, why go back to this model? So I am going to give this, uh, I think, probably, I'm over the hump on it. I'm going to say five and a half out of ten unanswered questions on the back of a multiple choice test. <laughs> I just noticed that I think it's, uh, each, each episode was written by a different person, and only one of those eight people was um, Japanese. <laughs> I meant to get in one quick aside that if you would like to read a book, and you have questions about paying for that book and supporting that author... Uh, there are a network of wonderful public institutions that you can wander into and borrow a book for a very low cost of free. Last night, I journeyed through cyberspace to the conceptual Nighthawks Diver. In this amazing podcast, the hosts discuss movies, classic movies, new movies, good movies, bad movies, movies that haven't been made yet, movies from Norway. Each movie a journey, each episode giving valuable context. The films were made accessible, and I was victorious. Nighthawks Podcast. All episodes downloadable separately. Available through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever fine podcasts are found.